Hello everyone and welcome to Dafcat Studios Localizing Ideas podcast series. Today we're discussing with Rissam an interesting topic about how can Chinese startups reach customers in the Middle East. Hi Rissam, how are you today? Hi Rita, how are you? I'm good, very good. Indeed, interesting times we're living. Can you give us a brief overview of the startup ecosystem in the Middle East? Yes, definitely. Now, I'm not an expert on the startup ecosystem. We consider ourselves at Defcat Studios to be a startup. So uh, I've been uh, looking into that a lot lately. So the startup ecosystem in the Middle East has been buzzing, especially after COVID. We're seeing a big boost from the government in the Middle East, especially in the Gulf region, you know, to boost that ecosystem. The plan is for them to move away from uh, dependency on oil and to build a sustainable economy. And startups are, you know, the pillars of a growing economy. As a matter of fact, the UAE has the most active startup ecosystem in the Middle East. Very highly funded, a lot of money that goes into that. So, uh, so it's definitely buzzing and booming. But what's interesting, or if you want, uh, where we are uh, focusing our attention is towards the question that you asked us in the beginning, the Chinese startups. You can see a lot of effort has been put to bridge between China and the Middle East, mainly the UAE. There's a lot of agreement that's been happening lately to, you know, attract new wave of innovation to Dubai coming from China. So, uh, for example, in my mind, I'm thinking about Innoway, one of the biggest tech incubator in China, and its new collaboration or agreement with the, the DMCC in the UAE to establish an ecosystem in the UAE and attract Chinese startups to come live in the UAE and establish their startups there. So this is interesting. But these startups find it hard to, you know, their face directly, there's a big wall, you know, the cultural shock. And they find it difficult to attract a local target audience, a local Arabic target audience. And that's mainly uh, due to the cultural difference between Chinese and uh, Arabs. Mm -hmm. So do you see the need to localize Chinese content for the MENA region? Absolutely, absolutely. If a Chinese startup wanted to reach an Arab customer, they have to formulate or create a marketing strategy or a communication strategy that resonates with an Arab target audience. So definitely localizing uh, content is very important because the messages that resonates with the Chinese audience do not necessarily resonate with the Arab audience. So uh, expectation in terms of generating leads and converting leads into actual sales depend on a good localized communication strategy. Can you describe the main cultural differences between China and the Middle East? Yes, of course. Uh, I mean, the most straightforward difference is language. It's a big difference, you know. It's not like English or French where you can see some similarities. Europe, you know, same culture. Between Chinese and Arabs, there's a huge cultural difference. It starts with the language. The way uh, we understand or formulate our sentences or the cognitive processes of understanding certain things, the contextual understanding of certain messages, It's all different. It's really, really different. So sometimes if I'm speaking to a Chinese uh, person, the message that I want to bring across doesn't go across, even though we can both understand English. So there's that, you know, slight fine line of how to get that message across. So proper localization goes beyond than just translation. 
right? So you have to understand the context, understand the Chinese culture, and try to present the message in a way for them to understand it. And it goes the other way around. So for a Chinese person to get his ideas across into the Middle East, they have to formulate it in a certain way to resonate with the Middle Eastern audience. Hence, localizing, it's more than just translation. It's really about localizing the idea itself. So as we know, there are many Arabic dialects and modern standard Arabic. What is the main difference between these? And in your opinion, which one is the best to use for localization? Okay, this is a very good question. Let me just explain it a little bit further for those who do not understand what's the difference between modern standard Arabic and the different dialects. So all Arabs uh, understand modern standard Arabic, which is adaptation of the classical Arabic that we used to read in text. So it's a slightly lighter version of the classical Arabic. Modern standard Arabic is something that you hear on TV by, you know, like news anchors or uh, something that you can see in cartoons or in advertisements or stuff like that, usually. It's what you read on newspapers, textbooks. So it's common to all Arabs. However, every country... Uh, every Arabic, every country in the Middle East or every Arabic country has its own dialect and they differ. We can divide these into, I would say, four or five dialects. Let's say you have the Levantine dialect, which is common to Lebanon, Syria, Jordan and Iraq. You have the Gulf dialect, which is common to all Gulf countries like uh, Saudi Arabia, the United Arab Emirates, Kuwait, Qatar, Oman. I don't know if I'm missing a country or not. You have the uh, North African dialect, which is common to Tunisia, Morocco, Algeria, mainly. Uh, this is from the Crescent side. And Egypt has, even if it's in North Africa, it, it has its own dialect, which is the Egyptian dialect. These are mainly the most common ones. And even in every country with every dialect, you can see the variation in that dialect. So for Lebanon, for example, the North, they speak differently than people in the South. So. To answer your question, what to choose? If you wanted to reach, you know, a mass target audience, all Arabs, I would definitely go for modern standard Arabic because it's understood by everyone. Now, if you wanted to be more specific, you have like a specific product that you want to sell in a specific country, let's say Saudi Arabia, and you're targeting, let's say, young Saudi people, then I would maybe choose a local dialect to sell that specific product because it would resonate with that target audience. So yes, it's always important to choose the right dialect or language before formulating a content strategy. Okay. Uh, Wissam, you're always talking about localizing ideas. What does that mean exactly? Okay, so localizing ideas goes beyond than just localizing or translating a piece of content. Again, when you come with a project that you have been working on as a startup for a long time, putting a lot of effort and energy, you have, you know, that the idea of that project, the essence of that project or that startup, the, the philosophy of it, the dream that you have been planning for. So it's not just the product itself that we localize. So we localize the product itself and everything around it. Let's say if you're in the video game industry, so if you are a startup that is developing video games. So yes, we localize the video game itself, the text in the video game, the menus, the lines. If you have lines in the video game, like voiceover in the video game, all of that, all the in-game assets, 
we do that but we also localize everything around it all the marketing assets around that video game the trailers the uh, gameplays all of that and we go beyond that as well so localization includes creating content that's adapted or that's inspired from the actual game developers themselves or the game idea itself this is where localizing ideas come into play. So the idea of that game, how can we create content relevant to that game to resonate with an Arabic target audience? So yes, the idea encompasses everything from the in-game, the marketing assets around it and even generating new content. Mm -hmm. You just mentioned the, the video game industry and this is the example in our blog post. So uh, the gaming industry as a startup. How do you see the gaming sector in the Middle East? Is it growing? And is there a preference for Arabic content? Yes, definitely. The gaming industry in the Middle East is growing and it spiked during uh, COVID. And we have been seeing a lot of requests from our clients to localize more and more video games into Arabic. So definitely there's a preference for gamers to consume or play these games into Arabic. Is there a preference for Arabic content? Yes, there is a preference for Arabic content. Localizing the content can be, you know, adding subtitles or adding VO or all of that. So some gamers like to be immersed in the whole game, you know, in the whole Arabic mood of the game. Some gamers maybe prefer playing the game with subtitles. But we are seeing global game publishers localizing massive games. FIFA have been doing that for a long time with us. Battlefield as well, they started a few years ago and they're probably going to continue with that route. Other big games also are doing that. Now we cannot disclose too much here, but if there was no preference for Arabic content, they wouldn't localize that because it wouldn't sell. Okay, I just have one more question for today. Why should a startup consider creating new original marketing materials in addition to the localization work of the existing assets? Let's stay in the gaming industry, right? So um, as I was saying, you have the in-game content, the in-game lines, and you have all the marketing assets that are usually created by the game developer or the publisher. So yes, these all have to be localized into Arabic. But marketing and advertising and building buzz around the game doesn't stop here. So this is where we encourage video game publishers and developers to create original content. You know, Netflix, they have content that they dub and localize from, let's say, Chinese, Korean to Arabic, English, French and whatnot. But they also invest a lot in original content. So it's the same thing for any startup or any business. So yes, you have the global marketing assets of that business, but also you need localized content for that game because these resonate better with the target audience, they're closer to the target audience, and they build affinity with the target audience. So again, localizing ideas is exactly that. We localize everything related to the game and we produce assets localized to resonate with an Arabic target audience. Okay, thank you, Wissam, for your time today. And I hope you guys enjoyed listening to us and we hope to see you very soon with more episodes. Thank you.